Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Work. You know how people do. 
you don't have to, and it's not the law, and you can't make me, and that'll be a brand new situation. So, you know, when we had the, the, the COVID, when we were in COVID, you know, they had the mask mandate. So hopefully they'll mandate this practice as well. Well, uh, what an interesting practice, you know, to reduce gun violence. The peoples want to, you know, start this community violence interruption program where they'll pay gang members one to two hundred dollars a week if they avoid violent behavior that comes with a plan of some type of, you know, counseling and you know all that kind of good stuff. Well, we hope that they go about it the right way and they really put together this one million dollar plan well so that you know it will benefit you know both sides both sides will benefit because you don't want people to feel like you know well you're paying these people to be good and that's pretty much it no you know come to find out you know when you deal with some of these gangbangers, if you will, that, you know, they, they don't want that life. And, you know, they feel like that's the life that they're being offered, that's the best life for them to get some sort of ahead. So, you know, hopefully they'll put a wonderful plan together and be able to, you know, help these people. I mean, really help these young people and not just throw money at them because, in all honesty, one to two hundred dollars ain't no money. Not when your sneakers cost that kind of dough. Oh, not at all. So, you know, hopefully they'll use their heads. Well, you know, after we went through a socially conscious segment story. We got to talking about the people. Yes, on both sides of the fence. We we talked to, we you know I had the ladies talk to, you know the people that are out here and they're suffering or they are kind of straddling the fence. They're going through some things possibly that prevent them from, you know, giving their life to the Lord. And they made a wonderful presentation to these individuals. They also spoke to the pastors. You know, we also spoke, you know, spoke to the pastors yesterday and encouraged them to, you know, do their job. You know, we know it's hard we know, you know, everybody has their challenges and, you know, it's it's not easy to really deal with all of the people and situations coming through the door. But, you know, if they've grown weary in their well-doing, you know, there was some encouragement given to them as well. And it was amazing. The ladies did a fantastic 
fantastic job and you know we had you know someone rethink that walk you know this walk ain't easy whether you're trying to make up your mind or whether you're in it this walk ain't easy and praise be to God there was some real consideration given and some repentance it was amazing it was an amazing amazing day we've been on fire all week long starting with Sunday's presentation of an intimate connection with Pastor Steph then our prayer then our prayer for my husband's finances then we had our Tuesday church folk uh, conversation off the heels of the movie. Yeah, I'm doing a recap. I'm doing a recap because God has been amazing all week. And you just can't be God-given no matter how hard you try. So you know, I just say, you know, close. You don't know what God will have for you from day to day on his due time with Pastor Steph and you don't want to miss anything. 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 Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday and we discuss our health In many shapes, forms, and fashions. And, you know, we want to get to that mental health. We want to get to that emotional health. We want to get to that physical health. We want to get to that spiritual health, financial health. Whatever it is God has for us on the table. You know, our conversations really help in many, many different ways. So, go ahead. Take that moment to get that healthy breakfast. Make sure you tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And no matter what you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Traumatic brain injury, or TBI, is an invisible wound in one of the main injuries for troops wounded in Iraq and Afghanistan. Naval medical facilities are taking time this month to promote research and awareness of TBI. We're finding out that um, the, the brain, once injured, takes a very different way of healing than we're accustomed to seeing, like if you injured your arm or if you had surgery or something. And so we're still understanding that, that some of the injuries that the brain uh, sustains we have to be more mindful about how we try to help people recover from those injuries. And, and it's still, you know, it's still a work in progress because there's so much that we don't understand. To learn more about TBI, visit the Navy Medicine website. From the Defense Media Activity, I'm Petty Officer Tyrell Morris.
good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday, the day we discuss all aspects of our health. And we are so grateful to God that we are on the other side. We've been able to see, we've ushered in, or God has ushered us in, to the other side of the week. And uh, it's almost the end. It's almost the end of the week. And just giving God thanks that we're in our right frame of mind, giving God thanks that, you know, he doesn't hold back anything from us. He really doesn't, no matter what we think, no matter what we think. We always get exactly what we need. So, let's get this party started. So, at one point, we talked about healthy foods that we eat on a regular basis. Well, let, let, me, let me restart that. We talked about, at one point, Food that we eat on a regular basis that is actually very healthy for us and it doesn't cost us a lot of money. So, you know, the, the theory is it costs a lot to eat. You know, it's expensive to eat healthy. And for some, you know, for, for, for some, in all intent purposes, there's some truth to that. But Today, we're going to, you know, hear about some other foods. We're going to continue that list. Garlic, okay, and garlic is is, is powerful, and it renders a powerful punch, and they say that this little pod, (laughs) you know, which... uh, it's in the family of onions and chives and shallots. It has a power punch as it helps to detoxify the body. And it prevents risks you know, of cancer. Yes. I remember my uncle used to always talk about garlic when I was growing up. Always talk about garlic. And garlic, you know, has gotten to be a lot more expensive than it used to be. I think I bought garlic the other day. One sleeve of garlic was three dollars and fifty cents. We have like so so it was like two for seven. And I guess at the end of the day, that's not a lot of money for all that uh what do you call it? Garlic actually does for our health. Lentils. Yeah, those little, little, very fine, you know, peas, bean-like food. It is really, 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 really powerful. Yes, it also helps to decrease the risk of cancer. It's extremely high in fiber, and it will definitely flush our system. On a regular basis, if you eat, you know, lentils, 
So you want to make sure you get those lentils in your system. And if you buy the fresh ones, they're saying they're about $4 for two pounds. So let's do one pound for $2, if you will. Okay. Soybeans. Soybeans. Now, we know soy sauce is extremely salty. But straight soybeans are really good. It's a staple in either like vegan diets or vegetarian diets because that's another high-protein food. And it really is a power punch to your body. And they're saying that live, fresh soybeans are about $7 for about a three and a half ounce bag. Remember, those are the fresh soybeans. Oranges. Now, oranges, you know, they always talk about citrus. They are powerful. They have a very, very high vitamin C content. And, you know, they're also in the family of grapefruits, lemons, tangerines, things like that, limes. And they say that, you know, oranges have been known to block the growth of tumors. Yes. And they have uh, anti-cancer properties. Yes. And as a matter of fact, oranges have, they have one of the highest, anti-cancer properties of other fruits and vegetables, increasing the concentration in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew that about an orange? Well, I have to tell you, oranges have definitely surged in price. You get like a bag of maybe four to five oranges for about $5.00. So they've they've come up to about a dollar an orange. Yeah, definitely much more expensive than we used to see when we were kids. But again, you know, what else are you spending that dollar on? A bag of chips? You can't even buy a bag of chips these days for a dollar. And look at what, what you're getting, you know, in comparison to an orange. Olive oil, excuse me, olive oil is just all over everything, definitely is a much healthier choice versus like vegetable oil and canola oil and all those other oils out there, it really sits high on the list of healthy oils, yes, and you know, if you use olive oil daily, you can really get a lot of uses. You can use it in salad dressings. You can use it to cook. And, you know, if you use olive oil, you don't have to deep fry your food. No, you can really use it as a substitution. Instead of deep frying, you know, certain foods, you can actually make it thinner and use olive oil. Yes, I've been doing my research regarding olive oil, not necessarily focusing on the olive oil, but different ways that I can eat my vegetables 
and just throw a little olive oil on that thing, and you're able to eat a lot of fresh vegetables, a lot more enjoyable, your chicken breast. You know, if you cut it thinner, you don't have to fry it in deep oil. Now, you're not going to get certain type of texture because olive oil doesn't get as hot as vegetable oil and and corn oil and, and canola oil. So, you know, you're not getting the same effect, but that's the point. You're not you know, you're not going for the same effect. So make sure you grab that olive oil. Now, olive oil also has some great health benefits. will help you live a little longer. And olive oil is quite expensive, or, you know, if you, if you will. Much more expensive than, you know, your other, you know, its other counterparts. But listen, again... It's in comparison to what it does to your body. You you grab that olive oil. All right. Well, raspberries. Well, you know they say berries. Period. Are power power packed. They have their anti-cancer properties, and you know they're cousins to blackberries and blueberries and strawberries and you know raspberries don't have the punch quite like blueberries. Remember the last time we went over this list, blueberries, they say, were the best choice. But raspberries and berries, period, are really, really healthy foods. So you want to make sure you get those berries in you. And the other day we bought a carton of berries, they were three for ten. So they had strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries. So they're averaging maybe about three fifty. And that's on the lighter side. Easily four dollars and change. But again, what are you spending that four dollars on? Now for those of you who like mushrooms and you know, I don't keep a lot of mushrooms around because Shantice has an allergy to mushrooms and Although I am dying to get some mushrooms in my system, I go, I'm going to have to start making two different things because they say that mushrooms help protect you against diabetes and cancer. Yes. Unless I check, that's something that I want. So they, they do have sometimes a funny taste or they look kind of funny. But actually, mushrooms are extremely healthy. They say that, you know, with those particular components that help to prevent diabetes and uh, cancer, certain types of cancer, it's also very high in fiber. Yes. So I may have to start, you know, making two of the same Dishes, just one with or and and one without mushrooms, because I definitely want to, you know, pull out everything I can to help me fight this diabetes. So grab those mushrooms. Now mushrooms also uh, a little on the pricey side, but again, in the grand scheme of things, you really can't beat it. 
flaxseed. Now, this is something that we use in this house. And flaxseed is definitely a really good, healthy choice. So, flaxseed helps to lower bad cholesterol. Flaxseed helps with your digestive system and it helps to lose weight because it also makes you feel full so you don't eat as much so you know flaxseed is is real versatile yes you can put flaxseed in your smoothies flaxseed in your cake or your baking um dishes you can put flaxseed in your yogurt. It is really, really a powerful, useful item. And it's not that expensive. No, not at all. Not at all. Whole grains. Whole grains are essential, essential for our nutrition and it helps to prevent diabetes. You want to make sure that you stick with those whole grains because they contain antioxidants, vitamins, and proteins. And they are a really good replacement for like white bread. And it will definitely help with your diabetes. Definitely help with your diabetes, excuse me, and you don't have to worry about, you know, the cravings like other breads will do, okay? And it's, in all honesty, at the price of bread, you're going to pay like maybe like a couple of extra pennies, buy it, buy it. Ginger! Ginger, ginger, ginger. Now, I've started using ginger on a daily basis in a detox drink that I make. And ginger is another one like garlic, like powerful, very powerful. They say that it helps prevent nausea. It helps with our digestion. It can soothe your sore throat. They say that it helps to alleviate pain, you know, within, with your osteoarthritis. And it has a uh, anti-inflammatory and a component. Yes. So, you know, when you keep that inflammation down, you keep a lot of the pain down. So you want to make sure you get that ginger in your system every day. Because I have to tell you, I've kind of slowed down on it because I haven't made the detox drink, and I'm feeling the difference. Yes, I'm feeling the difference. I was, I'm always, you know, very achy because of the fibromyalgia, but I have to tell you, with my daily um, detox that includes the ginger, I wasn't as achy, and now that I've kind of slowed down, I'm feeling, I'm feeling that pain a little bit more. So you want to grab that ginger. Green tea. You know, we've talked about that green tea. And as a little side note, I use green tea as the base 
the liquid base of my smoothies or that detox drink I just got finished talking about. When you talk about green tea, green tea is power packed, power packed, power packed, power packed. I mean, just go look at all of the benefits of green tea. We talked about that, and I think I want to bring that back again one of these Mondays or Thursdays. High, high, high in antioxidants, and again, you know, slowing down on the green tea, I'm feeling the difference. I'm feeling the difference. Now, green tea is not that expensive at all. They come like $5. You can get them as cheap as $5 a box of 100 and sometimes even a little cheaper than that. Walgreens sells a brand that is cheaper than, you know, a lot of other stores. But, again, you get $100 in that box. You can also, I want to go back to the ginger. The ginger price varies. Sometimes you'll find them a little cheaper in some stores than others. But, you know, just a, a ginger is something that you can use a little bit of, and it's power pack. So you don't have to utilize a lot of money to get green tea or or ginger, okay, water, 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 and then more water, so the average person needs about one and a half liters of water a day, definitely keeps down the dehydration, but we don't want to drink too much water because they say you risk flooding your brain. Can you imagine that? So you, they say, please stick below four liters. Yeah, my mother, the doctors had to tell her to please stop drinking so much water. It is an excellent source of nutrition. Yes, that clear, that clear, clear, clear liquid is an extra, a really good source of nutrition. But you can't overdo it. All righty. All righty. So there you have it for today's list. And I say, if you're not eating those things, change your diet. Change your diet. You couldn't be eating anything better than those particular items. Okay? All righty. So what are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Hmm. Okay, let's go back to one of our stories that we covered. Now, <laughs> I'm going to come back to that one. I want to come back to that. I want to come back to that one. I want to come back to that one. All right. So, we have this New Hampshire bus driver. Now, I need some help with this. Maybe y'all can figure this one out. So you have this New Hampshire bus driver who's been accused of slapping, kicking, grabbing, covering the mouth with a hand, and pouring water on the children on the bus. Now, what makes this so heinous is the fact that these children are intellectually disabled. 
they're not even, you know, just the bad kids on the bus. And she was found. (laughs) They saw her on the video camera of the bus. Now, dummy, you didn't realize you were going to be on the bus, the camera? So she's 68 years old. She's been employed for six years. And she's being charged with nine Class A misdemeanor, misdemeanor, I'm sorry, simple assault counts for three children. And they say as they did the research, they found that she assaulted one student seven times and two other students one time. And those assaults, again, were caught on the camera. So either she was so out of sorts that she didn't care or she was so out of sorts that she forgot because they have had cameras on these buses for quite some time. And the 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 cops said that it, it was bad. When they looked, you know, out of all of the different you know, crimes that they answered to and stuff like that. This was really bad. But here's the problem that I'm having. I'm having a couple of problems. Well, one of the things is how you get a chance, let me repeat this, to slap, kick, grab, cover the mouth, and pour water on the victim. And you're supposed to be driving the bus. Now, how do we get all of this done? How? How do we manage to do All of this. So clearly, it's not like New York where there's a matron on the bus. So, how you do? So what? How long does it take? Now listen, let's make some sense out of this if we can. Now you're supposed to get from point A in the morning, make your stops to point B, and you have to be to the school at a certain time, or you have to be to these children's homes. At a certain time, right? Okay. So, you can't do all of this by driving. And, or while driving, I should say. Not by driving. While driving. So, you must have been pulling up to this school quite late. If you have been doing all of this stuff to the kids. And you're doing this to multiple children. You're not even doing this to just one kid. So you're not picking on one kid or one kid is not just a victim, but you have been doing this to these kids and nobody realized that you were like real late. They don't say that in articles, so I'm just I'm just assuming that they didn't pick up on this. But you you have not been able to get to your destination by the specified time if you picking up how many children, if you, okay, so let's say for Mystic, you just pick up 10 kids. You could not get from, from, if you start at 6 o'clock in the morning and you're supposed to arrive at the school at 7.30, you can't get there by 7.30? No. Not if you got to stop and grab and slap, pour water, and do all of this stuff on the kids. Okay, so that's the first problem I have. Second problem I have how you are on $500 bail? You have just assaulted 
how many children and they let you out on $500 bail? That's all you get? She'll be, she'll, she'll be a menace someplace else. Because that, that, that's not going to follow her. They're saying that in, you know, in, in where she lives, in the state or whatever, where she lives, you can actually get jail time. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Actually get jail. You need jail time. If this is what you do to the intellectually disabled children, because you sure couldn't concentrate on, on, on driving. Because, okay, listen, listen, listen. Let, let me help you with something. For those of us who drive, the last thing you want is some hollering kids in your back seat. Because you want to put everybody off. You want to put everybody out the car. So can you imagine you trying to focus if every 15 minutes you stopping to grab and slap and, you know, do all of this pour water on the kids? You ain't getting back in that driver's seat. You're not driving like that. You're still twisted because you just had to pour water, grab, slap, and all of this to the kids. You're driving. You don't bounce back like that. So can you imagine how dangerous she's been on the road? Not only to the children on the bus, but to the other people on the road. Because I don't care what you say. You don't drive like that. You don't. When you're deranged, you don't drive, you know, care, uh, 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 you drive recklessly. Let me just put it like that. So I don't know. That's just a bit much for me, how they giving you anything less than like a million dollars bail. Yes, I'm going there because the poor kids, you know, are suffering. Come on. They got enough to contend with poor little things. All right. So yesterday we talked about Mrs. McGillicuddy versus, you know, Shanae, the teachers, you know, the old teachers versus the new teachers. And the fact that Mrs. McGillicuddy did not have to endure what the teachers, Shanae, they have to contend with now. Well, here we go with these rotten kids. So they have an 11-year-old child out in New Mexico who pours bleach in the fifth-grade teacher's coffee cup. So yet again, it's an attack on the teachers as they are trying to teach the class. Now, they don't say that there's been some issue between this teacher and this child they don't say it, don't mean it's not true. But for some reason, she got up to leave the classroom and left her coffee cup. Now, can we put a pause there? Come on. See, this is what I tell you. It's not a Mrs. McGillicuddy. Because when, we when we were growing up, the one thing you were told, you put it down, it's as good as gone. And at 56, I still practice that. If I put a bottle of water down in my house, and we have to ask, did you put your water here? Because <laughs> it's as good as gone. Yes, you don't even think about that water no more. 
is gone. And that's just by virtue of maybe drinking someone else's water. You don't put your cup or drink or food down and turn your back. I don't care who it is. So she thought she was fine and these fifth graders was going to leave her her uh, coffee cup alone. Well, thank God the child did it in front of the the other children because when she came back, that's who told the other children that she had, uh, her, her drink was tainted. Yes. So they say he brought the bleach from home or she brought, brought the bleach, brought the bleach from home and, you know, <laughs> oh, so now they're charging this student with an assault on school personnel and they forwarded the student to the juvenile probation office. So are you saying to me that the most you're going to get is some probation? Had that lady drank that bleach-ridden coffee? Now, chances are she may not have smelled the bleach. If she just had a lid on it and turned it up to her mouth, which would have masked a lot of the, the smell. But, yo, these kids are, they, they off the meter. They are really, truly disturbed. They are really disturbed. They are really, really disturbed. All right, a couple of other quick conversations regarding these stories. All right. So, all right, so I'll just talk about this one. This one here, we're going to go back to the story that we did regarding the the inmate who was on death row. Yes, remember he's on death row, and he killed the wife. They were in an interracial relationship. They killed, he killed the wife, he killed the son, and he killed the baby daughter, and when they put him in jail, he plucked out his one eye, and then later on he plucked out the second eye, and he ate it. Well, there's some development here, because remember, they were trying to figure out whether he should be executed because if, of his mental illness. You know, they say you have to be competent in order to get the death penalty. So... They've decided to put off the execution that was scheduled for April 5th. Remember, that's why we were talking the last time. And they're saying that when they when they did a little more research, some other little details came out. So he says he initially killed the 20-year-old wife, 4-year-old son, and 13-month-old daughter by cutting out the hearts. He stabbed them, but he cut out the hearts of the two children. Now, he told the police that he believed that all three were demons. He said that when he ate the eye, remember the second eye he pulled out, he ate. 
And he said, are you ready? That he gouged out the second eye and ate it to ensure that the government could not hear his thoughts. Okay. <sighs> That's some stuff that did not really come out the first go round. They've had, as they're doing some digging, they're finding out there's some other stuff that they hadn't been talking about. Uh, they said that <laughs> they felt really bad about guiding this blind, psychotic man to the gurney for execution. They found that that was a problem. Now, I got a problem with that. Okay. Was he really mentally ill when he killed the family? Was he mentally ill then? Now, back in 2004 is when the stabbing took place. So you're talking well over 10 years. Now, he said that, you know, he thought they were demons. He cut out the kids' hearts. Does that say he's mentally ill? Or that he's evil? So my question is, did they assess whether he was mentally ill from back in 2004 when he actually killed the family? Because to say now, let me repeat what they said, to escort, wait, where's the thing? Man, I lost it. To escort and guide this blind, psychotic man to the gurney for execution offends our sense of humanity and serves no legitimate purpose. Now, before I go any further, let me say I do not believe that this killing people, this execution and death penalty, no, I don't, because God is the only one who should be deciding whether you should live or die. You just need to be deciding how long they need to stay in jail or if they need to go into a mental, mental institution or whatever it is, but definitely not death. However, when you say you feel bad for guiding this blind, first of all, he's blind because he's blind. He's blind not for both. He's blind because he plucked his eye out. So am I going to feel bad that you blind? Now, I'm sorry. Y'all might be saying Pastor Steph is real insensitive, and if he does have a mental illness, this might be, you know, uh, a sign to how, how, how mentally ill. Let me tell you something. How do we know that this was all not a plot? He was evil. He killed the family. He, he dug the, the baby's hearts out. Can you imagine stabbing your children and pulling your hearts out? Now, we do know that something's wrong upstairs, but there's a difference between being psychotic and being mentally ill. That's why my question is, did you assess him for whether he was me- as to whether he was mentally ill back then? Or are you now, after he didn't told you that he the, the people with the kids were demons 
and 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 he didn't pluck the eyes out. He ate it because uh, the government could hear his thoughts. Yeah, isn't it? Wouldn't that be nice and convenient to say something crazy like that? You will eat the something that you see with somebody can't hear you. Just stop, 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 stop. I'm not feeling sorry for you being dragged off. I'm not. Whether I'm dragging you off to be in a mental institution, whether I'm dragging you off to be in the jail for the rest of your life, I'm not feeling bad because you're blind. This was self-inflicted. How do we now feel bad for stuff you do to yourself? So maybe somebody would say, well, you know what, Steph, he's mentally ill, and this just goes to show you how mentally ill, mentally ill he is, and we should feel sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I don't feel sorry for him. I don't, because it has not been proven that he was mentally ill from the beginning. Now, was he mentally ill from the beginning? If that's the case, then maybe Pastor Steph will shift her, her thinking. But not now. I'm sorry. Because let me tell you something. These people read, they study, and they do all kind of things to help you feel sorry for them so they can get out of execution, going to jail for the rest of their life. Yeah, he did exactly what he wanted to do. He killed the family. He killed the family, period. He killed the family. Whether he's mentally ill or whether he's straight and psychotic, he killed the family. So now I'm feeling, I could not believe when I read that. So they're putting off this execution as, you know, they desired, and they have until, like, July to bring to the courts what you know some more information as to whether you know he's really psychotic or whether he's mentally ill blah 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 but my thing is if i believed in the death penalty i would not feel sorry that you were being dragged off because here's the thing if you are mentally ill then you're mentally ill. Again, like we said the last time, I'm not splitting hairs between whether you're mentally ill or intellectually disabled. If you're intellectually disabled, you have a mental illness, period, period. You're not, you're not, something's not right. So why are we concerned as to whether it's, you know, two apples or five oranges? It all ends up to be the same thing. You cannot expect anyone who is intellectually disabled or, quote-unquote, mentally ill, to really be, you know, aware and, 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 you know, you can hold them accountable at the end of the day. Either way, either way. Do you, do you want to say this one is 8% accountable, but the other one is 35% accountable versus the one who's like 89.3% accountable? They're all not accountable for what they do. They are intellectually challenged, Period. So whether you're trying to split hairs between whether you could read a little better than the mentally ill, stop. They're all, you know, they all have an issue. Leave them all alone. Just put them in jail. Don't try to execute them. But this here, no. Mm-mm. Where's my due time crew? Because now I'm mad. Where's my due time crew? Let's talk to Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my dear? With these crazy I stories. Well, you i am like hot right now oh my goodness gracious so let's talk about this here alone okay now 
should they feel bad about guiding this blind? Let me read it. Let me read it. Let me read it. Let me read it. Let me get this right. Because I I really don't want to misquote them. Hold on. Guiding this blind, psychotic man to the gurney for execution offends our sense of humanity and serves no legitimate purpose. What do you think of that statement? I don't think that they should feel bad at all. I would just tell them to follow the voice and let him just make his way. Follow me. You hear my voice? Follow me. <laughs> he didn't think about them babies or that wife when he killed them. So my thought, as you was talking about it, my mind still goes on to the children. Because before we didn't know about the heart cutting out. So the more they right. talk about it, let them follow the voice. Let him fall, trip, whatever he got to do. Get up. Come on. And just follow my voice. I ain't going to feel sorry for you. Because he plotted this. He knew what he was doing from the very beginning. You just don't jump up and cut somebody's heart out. Especially no kids. You know, so I don't feel sorry for you. I don't care. And I'm with you, too. You know, I don't, I don't like, I never liked even watching it on TV, you know, when they go and kill them like that and, inject them. I never liked none of that. I think that you should drive right. I think that you should stay in the cell by yourself and just so you eat yourself away. Like I said the last time, just eat your own self away. <laughs> pray for me, y'all. Y'all pray for me. Y'all just pray. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Goodness, oh my goodness. This, you know, when I read that last night, I just, I couldn't get up off this couch quick enough. I was like, are you serious? You, he did this to himself. And and now you're, you don't feel right. Oh. Who felt right when he stabbed the, the kid's heart out? Who cuts through the chest cavity, Pastor Charlene, to take out a heart? Okay. Right, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I said, let him just be in the cell and then let him eat himself away. Go ahead. Because that's be your meal, your breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. You know, if you want to do this too, you eat high already. So when you going to get to the end, let's see how much he can eat. I'm, I'm you know. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh I'm, like, I'm like Brother Al. It's about the children, you know. I love me some children, and you don't mess up with them. So follow the voice. You hear? Boom. Follow the voice. You down there? Get up. Stand up. We'll wait. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I don't feel sorry for them. Nope, not at all. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, let's <laughs> see what our girl Tamika's got to say. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, you know, when when I read this article last night, you know, after they did a little more research, they were able to provide us with a little more information, and that just made it worse for me. And what's your thought on, you know, whether they should feel bad for guiding this blind, 
so and so. Let me read it. Let me read it. The blind guiding this blind psychotic man. Now listen to the terminology, Tamika. Blind psychotic man. That don't sound like somebody you should be feeling sorry for. He's psychotic. Here's the thing with that. The world does not believe in demonic. So, you know, anytime somebody is off now, you know, they label it mental, you know, mental. It's not mental. It's clearly spiritual, as we can see, because that's, that's crazy. You want to take out your eyes so people hear what you... Yeah, no, that's that's a really serious issue, you know, and... So here's the other thing that I'm thinking about. It wasn't as though one of the prison guards took his eye out. It wasn't as though he was in a fight with another inmate that took his eye out. He took his own eyes out, both of them. And, and you know, and prior to that, killing the family. Who looks at an innocent child and goes for the heart? Like, that is, is beyond just your everyday. That is definitely spiritual. You know, and they don't want to recognize it for what it is. And it has nothing to do with him. It's literally, oh, we don't want to lead him down because he's blind. Well, who caused the injury? He did. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, you, you're trying every stop that you can just so that you don't get, you know. And, and I don't condone the death penalty. I want to, I want to be clear with that. However, you know, this this thing, you know, I don't see too many other things that can change that around. He keeps showing you that I'm going to keep, I'm going to try something else. You know, I, I took out the left eye and that didn't work, you know, and, and I'm still, you know, set for a date. So let me go for the next one, you know, and like, you know, uh, Pastor Charlotte said, let's, let's, let's be a uh, Picasso. Let's take off the ear. That's next. Mm-hmm. I tell you, girl, you, let me tell you something. Tamika, you ain't doing, you ain't got nothing but time on your hands. So you got a whole lot of time to think about all of this crazy stuff to do to yourself. If you had time on the outside to think about killing your family and claim that they were demonic, they were demons, and you took out the children's heart. You got a whole lot of extra time now to sit and plot how you going to eat away at your own self because now this makes you look mentally disturbed. Yeah, no, I ain't buying it. I'm not buying it. Oh, let's see what Shantice has to say. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. All right, Shantice. So give us your take on whether they should feel bad for guiding this blind, psychotic man to the execution, to the gurney, excuse me, down to the execution chamber. I don't even know why this was an an update for them to put in whatever paper or blog or what it's like he did this if y'all decided because i don't agree with the death penalty either if y'all decided that this is what's gonna happen then just shut up and go kill him like what why are we now being taken on the journey 
<laughs> of, of of this. Like, why why is this like? Okay, come on, everybody, come on, come on, come come and everyone hold hands and let's walk, walk along with him as we roll him to to the chair. Like, who cares? Why is this a, like the stuff that they put out there for you to focus on? Meanwhile, there's so many other areas where they're falling short, where the powers that be, the authorities are falling short. And there is no second thought, no consideration in those areas. There's still innocent black people being killed. There's still powers that be who should be in jail themselves. There's still all that's going on. But meanwhile, we're going to now take the time to update you on this person with schizophrenia who eats his own body parts kills his own family now we want everyone to go on this emotional journey where he just kill him and shut up like if that's what y'all gonna do it the, the, the stuff that they i'm serious it's just like i'm so tired of hearing his mental health if i hear mental health one more time it's just like stop i i really it's really like wow as to what they want you to focus on well well the 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 update was for the purposes of, remember the last time we talked, it mm-hmm. was a question as to whether he should face the death penalty or not. Because remember, I mean, he would be he would die. Because remember, the date is April 5th that was set on the right. table. So they're, they're, right. they've met, and now they've pushed this date off to say, we need you to assess further his mental state because we need to know whether we're going to put him to death or either we're just going to put him, you know, in some type of institution or keep him in jail for the rest of his life. So this is why it's in the paper to tell us that, you know what, their appeal that was made has been granted and they've been they've been given a little more time to show that he's mentally ill. So this is another reason why all the extra details are coming up, such as he killed the kids and the wife because he thought that they were demons, that he ate his eyes so that the government couldn't hear his thoughts. I mean, when you really really get down to it, these people, it don't take a whole lot. And, you know, you, you, you start jerking and gyrating and saying, you know, my mother was really a dog when she had me. You know, you, you can say anything. You can say anything that makes you sound mentally ill. Again, they don't do anything but sit in there and read and listen to news and all kinds of things. And the fact that you thought that your family were demons is not authentic. We we did a story on on the broadcast about the man who killed the family because he thought they were demons. This ain't no new, you know, thing to say. It's not authentic to your case. No one else ever said it before. Now, we ain't never heard nobody eating no eyes and all of that kind of stuff. But we've heard of them, you know, drinking their urine and eating their feces and doing all kind of crazy things to make people think that they were crazy. So that's a about Emotional state, Pastor Steph. <laughs> why are they sharing? No, I said, but why? Why are they sharing how they their emotional state of like? Because wasn't it? Didn't, didn't they say like they feel bad about leading well, him? Right. The, the and, and, and that's, that's why. Right. 
they they have this issue with you know uh, escorting him this 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 blind emotionally ill you know psychotic the, the terminology in and of itself makes you sound stupid blind psychotic man he's blind because it was self-inflicted you really don't you you're saying he's psychotic which means I see that as different as being mentally ill, and the reason why I say that is because that's the question on the table. Is he mentally ill or is he psychotic? Because if he's psychotic, that means you're just crazy and evil. And that ain't that kind of mental illness that the world has been leaning on these days. So you're right. We have to hear about, but that's what I'm saying, who cares? If you're taking a right. picture, my question is, are you mentally challenge when you feel it's okay to sentence people to I death. Just, I was just about to say, it, oh, are you meant to, are are you psychotic for feeling sorry for the psycho? I listen, <laughs> keep all that to yourself. I don't need you putting that in my mind. I got enough to contend with with my own thoughts. I don't need to start feeling sorry like this or like this ain't got nothing to do with being a Christian and you know, you shouldn't have certain no. I don't need to know that because now I'm questioning your sanity. And it ain't got nothing to do with no mental illness. If I feel any type of sympathy for a person like this, whether you believe in the death penalty or not, you need to be evaluated. Seriously, like professionally. Because that in itself is sick. For you to share this is sick. Well, I guess they're showing the humanitarian side of, you know, their... their their existence oh, well, thank you all for going down this journey with me y'all know how past stuff get I get quite emotional and loud about these things we got a new little thing I want us to do today and we're all gonna play the the uh what do you what, what I want to say we're all gonna play the counselor oh let's put it like that today we want to play the counselor, the advisor. I'm going to give you some 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 uh, dear Abby type questions, and I want to hear what you. Here's to, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to the person who wrote, you know, who wrote in. Okay, brother Al is on with us, so brother Al, listen up. You're part of this segment, and we're going to go down this journey together. Okay, all righty. Now, this is kind of interesting because we heard part of this over the weekend. So, I'm 59 and the oldest of four children. When we were kids, our parents were raging alcoholics. They smoked pot and were barely functioning adults. As the oldest, I was tasked with caring for and raising the other three, which I did to protect them from my parents' nonsense. We were never close to our parents. Our father passed some years ago, which left our mom, who continued to live her booze-filled life. She was a terrible mother. She never protected us from my father's verbal and physical abuse. My brother still has nightmares about him. Now that our mother has dementia, 
My siblings make a lot of effort to spend time with her. I refuse to have anything to do with her. My sisters say I should make amends because she won't live forever. I have made my peace with it all, and I'm fine without what I never had. My siblings think I should just get over it because she can't remember anything, because she can't remember doesn't negate the fact that it happened. I've had a fantastic life and family without her being a part of it. I'm truly happy, and I'm wrong. Am I wrong for standing strong on my decision? Brother Al, we're going to start with you. Good morning. You got, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm um, dismissing the kids. they come back to me. All righty. Okay, Tamika, we're going to start with you. What What would be your speak to the writer? What are you telling the writer? It's it's quite complicated to um, sever that emotion, um, especially when someone has done you wrong and now I'm looking you in the face. But it's not impossible. Um, only with the grace of God and with his help that he can heal you from that. Um, what, what a lot of times we don't realize is that forgiveness is not so much for the individual, but forgiveness is for you. It alleviates all of the stress, the strain. You know, I can look you in your face and not be, you know, angry that you're in my presence. I can let it go, you know. And so you don't want to have that, you know, to the degree that when, that when your mother passes away, that you're still harboring that hurt and that hate. There's something that dwells within the body that we don't even recognize that makes it complicated. And so the individual needs to honestly release that. You know, um, it's a freeing and it's a liberty for that individual, not so much for the mother. Regardless of how she treated you, you know, she's now in a need. And it takes a big person to be able to go back and, 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 you know, do what needs to be done. You know, not only that, you don't want that, you know, saying you didn't do and you didn't care, you know, and there's a lot of guilt that transpires after that. You know, sometimes for some individuals, now that the person's dead, they fall all in the casket, oh, mama, you know, and that, that's a display that we don't need, you know. You want to go ahead and do your portion. All right, all right, all right. Shatis, what speak directly to the to the writer? I know it feels real convenient that Mama remembers nothing or very little, and it's really hard for you to feel like you can now talk this out so that you can get the healing you feel you need or that you and your mother can reconcile properly if she can't answer certain questions or even if she can't genuinely apologize for something that she doesn't remember. But at the same time, I think you should also focus a lot on the fact that if you're able to say that you had a great life and you're not lying, like you're not saying that to try to cover up how you feel, like if you... Through all of that, you are still able to have a great life. You need to be thanking God for that. And now be an example, as difficult as it is, because it's not easy, but also be an example for your other siblings, whether they're older or younger than you, to show them that 
you know, through it all, God still sustained me. And I'm I'm hurting, but I'm still able to really make it through each day. And even though looking at mommy is hard sometimes, especially since she don't remember, but I'm still able to be here for her the way she needs me to be. You know, because now, you know, our parents get older and now, you know, they need us in a different way than when we were younger. So just really focusing on how God sustains you through all of that. And even now, because there's still some hurt and anger and animosity that you have. But, you know, you forgiving your mother is going to get you closer to God, continue to make you right with God. And you don't know how that could now help her to make things right with God because, God just has to touch your mind so that they can reconcile. She will remember that. You know, she's just focusing on what, you know, that you were able to get through and just be there for her the way she needs you to be, to be there for her now. All right, all right. Pastor Charlotte? I understand your pain. Um, and a lot of times... Our families do only what they know of because they are in so much pain themselves. And I do understand that the pressure was on you because you had to become a mother at an early age of raising the children, maybe not physically of them yours, but even with that being said, that you had to look out for them and care for them and when everybody else is doing what they want to do. But for you to become free from all of that, I think that you should make the effort and to be able um, to go and talk to her, even though she might not remember. You don't have to bring up the past, but you can be able to be there for her regardless, um, because she is your mom. Um, we have to get to the place of when, like, uh, forgiveness, as it was stated already, that it is for you. Um, and so weird that you don't continue to pass on generations for your own children because a lot of times they feel your pain and they step right in the same things that we do. So don't miss the opportunity when she closed her eyes that you couldn't even just hold her coma here because now she's in a state of not remembering anything, but just do your part and don't worry about the rest. You might not want to do it, but as you do it, God will give you the strength. One of the things that we have to get to the place of that they only do what they knew what to do and she was hurt somewhere down the line, right? So, therefore, don't let it be your problem as well. You got this far to make 58. You want to be able to have the blessings of the rest of your years, you know, because the Bible tells us to honor thy mother and thy father, and your days shall live long. So, therefore, you need to be able to understand that. And just put it into your heart and ask God to help you. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy. We all can have, we all have a story of, I will pass, but you just be able to push through it and see how the end that you will feel much better and that you'll be able to move forward and being able to go on and be a stronger woman in the Lord just because what you have done. So that's what I would say to you. Amen, amen, amen. 
All right, we're going to catch Brother Al on the next round. All right, next, next dilemma. I decided to get my daughter a birthday gift that would help her to relax. She's a, she's a good nurse. Because she worked so hard through the pandemic, I thought a massage would be a good idea. I enlisted the help of her daughter and boyfriend to help pay for it. I work part-time and couldn't manage it without their help. I chose the business after reviewing it online and fronted the money to get a certificate in time for her birthday. More than a month has gone by, and I still haven't received their share of the money from my granddaughter or her boyfriend. In fact, I'm now being ghosted after texting requests for what's owed. I'm not sure what to do. I'm considering dropping it so my daughter doesn't find out, but I'm angry about getting hurt in this way. Both parties work. I don't understand the treatment I'm getting. Please advise. Brother Al, are you with us? Yes, yes, I'm I'm, I'm with you guys. Okay. Speak to the writer. What would be your advice to, to the writer? Well, it, it sounds like she didn't ask them. It sounds like, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to get her a massage, and I want you all to help pay for it. I think that she should have spoke to them and asked them how did they feel. This is the price. Are you guys able to pitch in and help? And, and you know, because she deserves it, because, you know, she's been working hard and she did everything, you know. It sounds like she just put them in. You know, it's, it's funny because my dad used to do that to me all the time. As soon as somebody do something, he volunteered me, and I'm like, pop. I don't know. I told the lady you were going to do such and my pop, you didn't ask me. So it sounded like she just volunteered them without asking them. So, you know, ask them. I'm quite sure she just sat down and talked with them and said, listen, she's been going through this, and, and we want to surprise her, and she deserves it. Well, how you guys feel about it? It sounded like she just volunteered them. Okay, okay. Thank you. Shantese, speak to the writer. Okay, so do a quick analysis. You know, was this your plan that you now incorporated others on? Did they, did you go to them and say, hey, this is what we should do? Because it sounds to me like this is what you wanted to do, but you needed some help doing it. Um, I'll just really analyze, you know, how you came about getting to this conclusion. If you went to them and said, hey, this is what I would like to do, but can I get some help? And they said, yes, okay, no problem. And now you can't find them because they really ghosted you um, because now they don't want to put up their share. You know, that's one thing. But if this was a plan that you, your plan, your plan, that you just put on them and now they know where to be found, it's still a little crazy, but then that's another side too. So, I mean, if if I, I, I would say get, a gift that you can afford, you know, don't get all bent out of shape. I understand, you know, you wanted to gift her something that she could really, really appreciate because you see how hard she's working. But if you, if this is a gift from you, then you use this as an opportunity to become creative. We don't always have the money to do, you know, we have the willingness, but not always the ability. So if right now you can't afford your initial birthday gift idea then come up with, you give her a massage. You set up in your house or at her house, you know, 
a, a little spa day for her and you give her a facial, you give her a massage, you give her, if you really want to help her to relax, then you you do that if you can't afford it. And it's no shade. You, know, you can't always afford our ideas. But don't worry about them ghosting you because while you're worrying about that, her birthday is going by. All righty, all righty. Pastor Charlotte. Um, well, you, it was your idea, um, and I agree. If they didn't say yes and gave you the money, then you it's a lesson that you learned from it with that don't try to do something that you cannot afford to do for yourself. A lot of times we lean on other people, and because it's a great idea to you, not necessarily meaning it was a great idea in their pockets, you don't know what their situation is, even though you might think that they have the money, but that wasn't in their plan. That was your plan. I don't feel that you should um, actually be mad at them um, because they have not returned your call. They're just showing you that they don't want to be bothered um, because it was your plan. So since you don't have it, I agree Shanti, Friday at 3 o'clock, I'm coming. I need you to come give me that massage, you know, and <laughs> just be able to, <laughs> to do it. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's the only thing that you can say. It was her idea, you know, and, and we can't get mad when somebody else bails out, you know, even though that they said that, but it was your idea, my love. So, therefore, just chuck it up either. A, do like Shanti said, or B, do something else. That's all you can do. 3 o'clock Friday, baby girl. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Tamika, what are you saying? What's your advice to this writer? In life, (laughs) whenever we're dealing with money, you'll have all kinds of stuff happen. You know, sometimes you will be held... um, holding the short end of the stick, you come up with a plan. And, you know, the family, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they'll they yes you to death. You know, oh, yeah, that's, I think that's a beautiful idea. And literally when it comes time to literally put up, they shut up, as we can honestly see. You know, they, they were supposed to help her. You know, I, I would say don't look outside of your means. You know, stay within your realm. You do what you can do. You know, washing the hair, you know, um, doing a, uh, uh, what, what do we, let's go back to the trusses, you know, let me massage your head while, you know, prior, prior to me washing your hair. You know, what is it that the daughter likes? You know, I remember, you know, my mother was always doing something, you know, if it wasn't a letter, it was a card, you know, a bouquet of flowers, you know, and, you know, technology is so savvy now. You can purchase something um, online and pay it in four payments. You know, so you don't have to look for any, any assistance. You know, okay, I can't pay the whole thing today, but I can split up the payments. There are all kinds of things that make it convenient for you to be able to provide. And, you know, a lot of times when you look to other people for assistance, again, they'll yes you, but, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, have you tried that before? Did, is it something that you've done before? Did they come through? Is this one particular thing? You know, because I know for a fact, as someone who has gotten a massage, massages can be 
you know, they can be pricey, especially depending on what you specifically want. If you have research and there's a specific type of massage that you want, it can be pricey. And so I would say don't look outside of your means. Stay within your realm so that you don't get end up you don't end up holding the bag. And then with that also, knowing that that was done and it was your idea, then let it go because it's going to harbor extra issues with the family. Now, whenever there's a situation, oh, I don't trust that such and such will come through and I don't trust that such and such. So just take this as a learning lesson and move on. All righty, all righty. Okay. All right, this is a... This is this is a really interesting one. I am a man who has been wearing lingerie for the past few decades. I discovered my love of panties when I slipped into my first pair at 17. At 22, I discovered the fun and sexiness of bras and other lingerie, and I wear them under my men's clothing. I have gone through periods of love and alternating shame for being an, quote-unquote, undresser, underdresser, I'm sorry. I have confided this to a few women in my life and received mixed responses. Some were appalled. Others were okay with it. My wife is in the first category. I told, I told her while we were dating and modeled some, of, some for her. She thought it was weird. I tried for her sake to repress my desire to wear lingerie, but it has returned recently. I've been buying panties, bras, and other items and wear them only at work or when I'm alone. I have found some solace in finally opening up to the women at the lingerie stores that what I am buying is for me, and I delight in the fact that they are accepting and help me find items I might like. How do I approach this subject with my wife again and ask if she's open to me wearing lingerie and more often? We're going to start with you, Brother Al. Okay, going once, going twice. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm having to yell at some kids real quick. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, yo, you know, come to school when they want to, right? They get you behind the school. But anyway, um, I listened to the story of him. Uh, I, I believe his wife heard what he said. She's just not trying to accept it. And, um, you know, he's saying that he's okay, went in the store and um, the people help. Of course, they're going to help you. They don't see nothing but green. I don't care who you are. You buying this, all I see is the money color green. So, of course, they're going to help him, you know, uh, find what his size or what he needs. You know what I'm saying? But his wife heard him. You know, you know, y'all women, y'all don't, y'all hear. I don't care if he whispers, he heard it. He's just not trying to accept it. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just, she just trying not to accept it, and he just gotta, he just gotta figure out a way. You know, it's something that they need to sit down and talk about, and either she can deal with it or she can. They gotta come to a conclusion. But oh yeah, she heard him. All righty, all righty, all righty. Tamika. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. 
So I, I, I get that you, you like what it looks like, you know, and, and, and lingerie and, and, and those type of things are really, you know, beautiful. However, they're for you to look at, <laughs> not for you to wear, you know, I, I just being honest, you know, I can't see, <laughs> I can't see brother out trying on something. <laughs> and I'm saying that it's okay. <laughs> hey, don't put me in that nonsense. <laughs> I just, you know, when, when, when we decided to, to take this walk and to do and to live this life, I chose you as my mate for a reason. And so when you decide to do something entirely different, you sh- you change the game plan. You know, whoo, it needs a whole, we need a whole lot of Jesus for me to have even converse with you on this, on this level, you know, because um, it's just, that's just not something that I signed on for, you know, and here's the thing. When we decide to say I do, you know, there's a whole lot of things that, that play in role, and we have to be prepared for, we got to pray for, you know. There's a whole, whole lot of work for us, and we better get on our job. All righty, all righty. Well, I think I got to talk to you about something later. You know what? <laughs> I'll turn your mind <laughs> <on. laughs> Oh, goodness, Jesus. <laughs> Pastor Charlotte, what speak to speak to the writer? Okay, did you say that he started this at seventeen? Is that what you he, said? He felt good yes. once he tried on the first pair of panties at seventeen. He's now okay, twenty two. Okay, so he's already been honest. This is something that he likes. Um, and he was honest, and he let his wife know. So you're speak, did she you're speak, that, uh, you're speaking, speak to the writer. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that ain't that okay. It's in it to, who's the writer? Oh, the you're, wife, right? you're talking in third person. Speak to the writer. Okay, who, the writer is. The, the, the man it, wrote it. The man who's wearing the pants. Oh, right. right. Okay. He's writing. So you had said, you, you have stated that um, you've been doing this since you were 17 and you had told everyone that this is what you do, right? So, therefore, why sometimes people will take it on. I'm still speaking to the writer. Sometimes people will take it on that you it's a phase and that you would be able to stop. But if this is something that you enjoy doing, then you cannot get mad if they don't want to be a part of it, you know, of, of what it is. And sometimes, too, I would be mad, especially if yours looking better than mine. You ain't buy me one. So I think that what you need to do, <laughs> what you need to do is to be able to seek why it feels so good to you. So I would help you go get some help. You know, something is something else is not right. So let's go together and be able to find out what's the matter with you. Okay. Shantice. Goodness gracious. Well, first, I just want to tell you that your wife don't love you. If you (laughs) told her this and she thought it was weird and still married you, nah, I'm not marrying someone I think is weird. We're not talking about 
you know, we're never going to like or love everything about someone. That's not realistic. However, this is a bit concerning enough for me to put everything on pause. Like, we need to go further back. Like, everything is cut off. We, we no longer engage. We no longer date. We really need to go back to being friends because as your friend, I need to understand who do you want to take these panties off of you? Like, that. that's where my head goes. Really. So you like to... Wear the panties. Who do you want to take the panties off? Do you want a female to take your panties off, or do you want a man to take your panties off? Because now I have to tap in. I have to help you tap into your psyche so that my psyche doesn't end up becoming destroyed. Okay, so that's the first thing. Y'all, y'all didn't go to the right counselors, marriage counselors. Whoever married you was not thorough enough. Y'all weren't thorough enough. So now you. Y'all have helped to put each other in a very unnecessary situation. Like, you did the right thing with being honest with her. And then both of y'all just ignored each other because y'all both had marriage on the brain. So y'all should thank you. So for people who are younger, your age and older than you can see why they need to pause on the thing that they want to do come to dating and marriage because see look 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 at the stuff we overlook okay now you want to know how you should approach her again with this <laughs> you need to be prepared for whatever happens and see, it's a very it's a very it's a very sticky situation because at the same time she'd be dumb for getting mad because she knew but then now you know you told her you knew she wasn't with it. This is just go 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 to Jesus. I he's the only one who give you. The, I'm serious. Like he's the only one who give you the real right advice because I don't even know. I, I wouldn't even know what to tell you. I'm stuck because it's when you. It's not like you taking anything new to her. So what what's going to happen? I I think the real question is who do you want to take them all for you? You mean that that needs to be no seriously? Like I'm not even trying to be funny. That needs you. You need to have your own separate private counseling, oh, and and really figure that part out, and then go to your wife. And so you can go to her with everything. You need to go go to her with a complete like. This is what I like to do because, and this is how I would like to move forward with this because, and then. You put the ball on her court. It, but, you see, you can't even do that because she ain't like it but still say yes. I don't know. Go, go to Jesus. This, this, this is sticky. This is sticky. Because right? you can't even take it to her and, and, and get – and see, this is where – women, this is where y- y'all mess up. Like, the man is being honest. And you're not even – you don't love him enough or yourself enough or you're not mature enough. To really be like, all right, thank you for bringing this to me, and this is what we need to do moving forward, or we need to stop, or we need support, or this ain't for me. Because, see, I don't want to be walking in the bedroom, and this is what I see. Now I got to make sure you not wear my panties. No. No. Mm-mm. You chose wrong. She chose wrong. Y'all should just get a nose. I don't know how long y'all been married, but that y'all don't love each other. I, I don't. Get your own private counseling first. Before you take it to us. Oh my goodness! Thank you, thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you. Oh, all right. You have all given.
given sound advice, honestly, and it, it's it's a. Uh, we pray that we bless somebody today because even if they don't have that exact dilemma conceptually, they might have been in some quandary, and you've helped to set them on the right path. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. you Have a blessed one, everyone. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. All (laughs) righty. Well, it's about that time for our Pray For Them segment. What you got for us, Shantice? Okay, today we got pray for them. Today we are praying for Sean Kemp. He is a 53-year-old former NBA All-Star player. He used to play for the Supersonics, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Orlando Magic. Well, yesterday he was arrested for allegedly being the shooter in a drive-by. And at a Tacoma Mall, they have on video of two cars getting into this crazy altercation, and the driver of the Porsche, the owner of the Porsche, gets out, and it looks like a gun that's being waved in its hand. The Porsche speeds off, and then there's shots fired. There hasn't been any reports of anyone being hit, injured, dead, anything like that. But, of course, when they ran the tags, the car is owned by Sean Kemp. And I just say we really need to pray for him because, you know, again, we hear a lot of, you know, I own this car, but I lend it out. You know, someone borrowed it or whatever the case may be. I'm brand new to this person because y'all know I'm not in sports like that. However, with the pictures I saw of him and then I saw a, a short clip of the video, it kind of looks like him. You can't really see, but we just need to keep him up in prayers because if this was him, you know, right now he's in custody. So whatever lawyers he's going to get, I pray, you know, we need to pray for it for the lawyers that God handpicks his lawyers for him. If he was the shooter praying for his psyche, you know, was this just a random altercation and this is how you handle your road rage? We have heard on this broadcast alone the deaths that have taken place because you know, someone is speeding through a parking lot. You have a, a pedestrian and a driver, and the driver starts arguing with the pedestrian, just starts shooting and kill. Like it, it's it's just a uh, too too much going on. Just praying that they're able to get to the bottom of this. Praying that there have not been any fatalities from this or anyone injured. Um, and if this was him, just praying that he allows God to teach him the proper way to handle whatever is going on with him because we all anyone who drives know what it is to get into an argument with another driver for whatever reason whether you have road rage or not but you know we cannot be the the reason why someone is hurt and or possibly dead because we just don't know how to control our anger or you know maybe we left the house with a chip on our shoulder and now this is what we're doing. So they didn't really have a lot. I went through a few different articles pertaining to the story. There wasn't really a lot of information given, but it was just enough for me to see like okay we need to pray for this man. You know someone who was very influential at one point and you know reached a certain level of stardom and fame and you know now from what I, I've read right now, um, 
he's no longer in the NBA, of course, but he owns, I, I think it is a sports bar or something. So you're still doing something constructive with your life. But, you know, we're just so quick to throw things away because we're impulsive. And in, at the end of the moment, we just think about what we want to do in that time, in that moment. Just praying for, see, now this is a mental state moment. Praying for his mental state. And just praying for the other person that was being shot at as well, that there's no trauma there either. And lifting all of that up in prayer. All right, all right. Um, I am a basketball fan, so Sean Kemp is, is not a stranger to me. Very talented, gifted, and unfortunately, sometimes no matter how much these people are paid, no matter how talented or gifted they are, they just can't seem to separate themselves from the crowd, from the people who ain't got nothing going for them, from the other people who, you know, in their lives that, you know, they have not distanced themselves from far enough. So Mm -hmm. definitely uh, (laughs) someone we want to lift in prayer. Let us hold hands and hold hearts on behalf of Sean Kemp. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you first saying thank you that we're even able to see this day. We thank you, God, that we're even able to approach your mercy seat, dear Heavenly Father. And, God, right now we are taking the time to lift up Sean Kemp before you, God, not because we know him, not because he's our family, not because he's our friend, not because it's someone we're even familiar with on a personal level, God, but because Sean Kemp needs you now. He may have needed you at other times, the Heavenly Father, where he Mm -hmm. may have even gotten into maybe something similar to this, the Heavenly Father. But right now, we're lifting him before you, dear Heavenly Father, for you to just set him straight, God. Whether he is actually guilty of this accusation or not, dear Heavenly Father, if he is not actually guilty, dear Heavenly Father, we need you to set him straight because clearly there's something that's going on with him that he's not paying attention to, that you mm-hmm. just might be calling his name right now. You you just have maybe deemed this a time where he needs to finally turn himself around and give his life to you, God. So we're lifting him up to you, dear Heavenly Father, first of all, regardless of whether he's innocent or guilty, God. Lord, we're asking you that if he's innocent, God, that you would just justify, you know, everything and settle straight, set straight whatever it is, the Heavenly Father, so that he would be given the clearance to move forward, the Heavenly Father. God, if he's guilty in any shape, form, or fashion in this melee, the Heavenly Father, we ask you to just, just, just Give it to him. Show it to him, dear Heavenly Father. Sometimes, God, we measure, you know, our activity level and and, and, and exonerate our own selves from it, God. But we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to give him a clear view that if, if he was even a part of this at, at a level of 1%, God, that he accepts the responsibility and takes ownership of his actions, dear Heavenly Father. Maybe if he was the leader 
of this entire melee to Heavenly Father and, and, and this event and whatever's going on to Heavenly Father, whatever happened, that he would also see that power, power feeds people in the wrong way if you don't do what you're supposed to do, that you're setting an example, that people might be looking up to you, God, and it's our responsibility our responsibility to make sure that we always do what what's right, even when we don't want to do it to Heavenly Father. Regardless of where this sits right now, we're asking you to be with the the, the, the people, the powers that be, the judge, the attorneys, the Heavenly Father. If he has to face a jury, the Heavenly Father, that they would have clear a clear view, the Heavenly Father, of what actually is going on, God, that they're not you know, making a mess of everything, God, and they're not siding or they're not being, you know, um, 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 partial. They're, they're not being, they're being partial to the situation because of who it is, God. So we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to just touch this entire situation, God, from the beginning to the end, even the people who were there, the participants, dear Heavenly Father, we're asking you to just touch on their life, their mentality, the way they think that they would even see that something is not right here, and they have to get it right. Maybe this is for someone else as well, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're asking you to be with any of the victims, if there are any, that you would heal them, God, and bring them through this, Lord. Anybody who might have been on the other side who may have provocated this behavior, Whatever it is, God, you have a full view where we only have a limited view. We don't want to just like him because he's a good basketball star or because he's an entrepreneur. But we want to love him as your child, as someone who needs you, as someone who who, who may be lost and who needs to get to know who you are. Again, Amen. if his name, God, we pray that he hears you and that there's no interruption and there's nothing that's blocking him from either hearing you clearly or responding to you appropriately, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you, God, for the ability to even pray for them. Whoever you bring to this table, God, all the individuals, all the situations, you only bring one to our, to the table for us, God. So we're going to take it that that's what you want us to pay attention to. This is who you want us to lift before you, dear Heavenly Father. And we ask you, God, to just bless Shantice as, as you steer her to the individual who needs to be lifted before you, God. Your word says the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. So we're trusting that you're going to be... And you are in the midst of all of this, God. And that at the end of the day, your glory, your glory will be sitting in the forefront of all of this. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Shantice. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. You know, every once in a while, over these last couple of weeks, you know, the Lord has been nudging me to 
have our due time crew speak to the listeners directly. Not what they should do, not talking around them, but speak directly to them. You know, and it, it has a different ring to it when I'm talking directly to you than when I'm talking around you or, you know, thinking about you or, you know, I, I need to just get straight to you. And yesterday was extremely powerful when it was done. And we're, you know, God just gave me that to do last night. And we're hearing, you know, these <laughs> these dilemmas, you know. Sometimes you wonder, you know, people's dilemmas, are they really a dilemma? Well, unfortunately for some people, even something very simple is. Something very difficult is. You know, sometimes you'll find that people migrate straight through something hard in an, on an easy level and something very simplistic on a difficult level. And you can't really determine all the time how you're going to accept this. And I find it very interesting that after hearing Dr. Billy's testimony on Sunday that this was actually in, you know, you know uh, uh, came up as a dilemma. And, you know, it starts off with saying, I'm 59 and the oldest of four children. And, again, it talks about, you know, how, you know, he lived through all of, you know, the the uh, drinking of the parents and, you know, the dad passes away, but yet mom is still living and she now has dementia. And, you know, I, I always find it very interesting when someone says that this person was a hellion or this person uh, had, had a history like this and now they don't remember. And I say I find it interesting because I don't know why they don't remember. I don't know why God has allowed their minds to get to this point where they don't remember. So, you know, those who are, you know, left in the wake of their madness are left possibly in this particular situation. Well, I agree with those who have spoken. I say to you that God is not unmindful of the fact that your mom cannot answer any questions your mom is not aware any longer of what she did. You know, my mother passed away, and I had 150 questions. And why I never asked them prior to her becoming ill or whatever, maybe I thought I had time or maybe it just didn't occur to me at the time. But, a dead man, I, I tell you, since she's been gone, I got, I mean, I got some questions, but they'll never be answered. And and what I what I have, what the Spirit of the Lord, let me give it like that, I don't want to take any credit, but what the Spirit of the Lord has given me is you don't need to know that. That wasn't the biggest, that wasn't the biggest thing that was important in your life. 
what what's important is how you move forward. Everything does not have to impact your life forever and ever. Amen. There needs to come a time where we need to move on. And this particular subject, this particular thing, is one of those things. You need to move on. On the other hand, I've had questions that I've wondered about things, and the Lord has come straight out and given me an explanation, believe it or not. And I minded my business. It would just hit me. God would just start talking. And I'm like, wow. And... You know, what I have learned is God will deal with you. God will deal with you. you, I didn't walk around mad, wondering. I just had the question, and I was just wondering. And something very, very, very sensitive to me, my mother took to her grave. People take things to their grave. Oh, yeah, they do. So mama is going to take all of that to her grave as well. So now you have to make this right with God. This is between you and God now. Your mother's gone. Pretty much, unless God turns her memory around and she can really come back and talk to you or you can tell her how you feel or whatever. But, again, the forgiveness is for you. You have to figure out how you're going to move on and what God needs you to do in your relationship with him because that relationship with your mother is separate and apart. And if mom is mentally gone, then you need to forgive mom. You need to, because you don't understand what level of turmoil mom may have been in, but she never even said anything. A lot of times people are living in their own hell, and just because they don't say anything, we just assume that they are right. But in actuality, they may not be okay. So, you know, if you know God, you need to pray for mom that, you know, in in her dementia state, that she's at some level of peace. You know, and I, and, I, and I don't mean, you know, okay, yeah, she's at peace because she'll remember nothing. But there's still that inner, that, that heart. You know, you don't know what's happening internally. So pray for your mother. Take yourself to the Lord. And that might be the biggest thing you can do for your mom. That's what happened with me. My relationship with my mother and being able to guide her to God and strengthen her and, you know, through God, through God. I wouldn't know what to say to her if it wasn't for God. But that that was my relationship with her, and that that's a crucial one. A parental uh, relationship, you know, between parent and child is a crucial relationship. You want to make sure you're doing what's right for your mother and for you. Okay. All right, well, you also have the dilemma of the, uh, wait, the, oh, I can't even remember. I'm looking here, I'm looking here, I'm looking here, I'm looking here. Oh, the gift, the gift. Like like it was said, the gift was your idea. The gift was your idea. You, you Let me tell you something. Proper planning says I might go to my daughter, my granddaughter, and her boyfriend, but if I cannot afford it myself, then I need to leave the idea alone and like the ladies have said, you know, give that massage yourself or plan for another gift that you personally can afford. You cannot be upset. Your feelings should not be hurt because they're ghosting you. They've just shown you that maybe they said yes 
because maybe they didn't want to hurt your feelings, or maybe they really wanted to. Like Pastor Charlotte said, you really don't know what's in a person's pocket. You know, ghosting you is a way of maybe being embarrassed. Ghosting you may be able, may be another way of saying, I don't want to be bothered, I ain't answering you because I ain't doing it. But either way, you've already bought the certificate, then guess what? Like, like it has been said, take this as a lesson learned. Next time, plan a little differently so that you don't have to eat something that you ultimately can't afford, work within your own personal means, and that way you don't get disappointed at what someone else does not do, even though they said that they would. This last dilemma of you, you know, wearing... <laughs> lingerie as a male since you were 17 and this is female lingerie and you know you told your wife and like it was said you did the responsible thing you were honest you were upfront, and now you've gone back to not wanting to hide anymore well you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to be who you are talk to god let god deal with you because God can turn any of this around. You tell your wife, and however she answers you, don't be surprised, because she's given you her stance. So like like the lady said, you can't be all shocked and, you know, befuddled and, and uh, twisted because she says, no, I don't want to. Her biggest mistake was marrying you. And I, I as, as, as funny as Shanti says it, but no, she didn't love you. Because if she really loved you, she would help you work through this thing. That's why I say being a friend before you're a spouse is crucial. Because loving you would have meant, I'm going to stick this out with you as a friend and help you work this thing out. And that's my first obligation to you, to love you from that angle. Not I'm so wanting to be married and I can't believe that this is where we're going. But you know what? This will be worked out later. Well, you you know, she got a surprise and so did you because this is how it's been worked out. You need to take this to the Lord and let God deal with this issue that you're having because within this marriage it's only going to get worse because she's not changing her mind. I promise you that. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where you we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. I want to thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Freestyle Friday. Until then, I love you. Mm-hmm.